0: You'll never make it to the range while you're scared of the people here. They're not trying to take anything from you. They're trying to give you something back. It's noon for Friday, October 8th, 2021 follow the podcast on the telegram messenger app at t.me/imyourmoderator or join the discussion thread at t.me/imreasonable you can also find me on gab and Getter at i'm your moderator the substack is imyourmoderator.substack.com and the merch site is cancelcotour.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com/cancel-cotour today is the 261st day of barack obama's third term as served by the half-dead demented degenerate ventriloquist dummy, fake proxy president, Joe Biden, who was overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history, and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth. That's Hunter Biden. So congratulations, commies. You determined that your full submission would make all the bad things stop. And finally, you could fortify your little bubble And within that bubble, there would only be people like you and no one would ever threaten your delicate feelings ever again. But submitting to evil will never make you happy unless you are fully evil. You have to be profiting from the evil. The evil actually has to make you feel the power that you yearn for. And if it doesn't, you begin to realize, oh my God, I think I have submitted to evil. And you're starting to discover it. And I'm honestly happy that you are, and I'm not trying to uh, make fun of you. I'm not trying to make you feel worse. I'm just trying to get you to recognize it, as I always have been. You should recognize this, By now, because there was never a point at which it was any different. I know how you feel. I used to feel the same way. Okay. I thought I was being a good person when I voted for Barack Obama over John McCain. And the truth is, both of them are so awful that it probably didn't make a whole hell of a lot of difference morally. I also felt like I was a good person when I voted for Barack Obama over Mitt Romney. And they're both really awful. And maybe it didn't make much of a difference. Although, who knows, maybe Mitt Romney won in 2012. Will we find that out one day? Yep, we might. I also felt like I was a good person when I voted for Hillary Clinton over Donald Trump. And I thought there was no way in the world that Donald Trump would win. I felt not only like I was a good person, but I felt like I was a smart person, that I had put myself firmly on the right side of history. I had done the right thing. I did the thing that smart people do. I had plenty of justifications for why I was doing that thing. It just turned out that all of my justifications were in some way ignorant and in all ways wrong. Right. And when Hillary Clinton lost, despite all of the people telling me that that was impossible, the news said it, the TV said it, social media said it, my friends said it, a lot of the intelligentsia said it. Everybody believed that Hillary Clinton had it in the bag. On election night, the New York Times still had her probability of victory at 99%. Okay. Now, you could say, well, it's 99%. It's not 100%. That means one out of every 100 times you play that game, Donald Trump's going to win. But that's not what happened. The truth is the odds were never 99%. We just got lied to. They just told us that to make us believe a thing and act in a certain way and then react in a certain way when it doesn't go the way we think. If something's 99% certain to happen, And you get the other option. Well, you're going to feel like you got shortchanged. And so that's what a lot of people thought. They thought that there was election fraud after 2016. And whether there was or wasn't, and there certainly was, but not in favor of Donald Trump. Donald Trump was duly elected by the people. And upon realizing that, then you have a limited series of options. Okay, If you're a normal person with a full-size adult brain. Those options are to continue to respect and love your family, friends, and neighbors, to figure out where and why and how you went wrong, or you can spend four years flipping out and inventing fantastical stories about what actually happened. And so I chose the first option. On election night in 2016, I texted friends of mine who were Trump supporters. And I said, hey, man, I don't know what you see in this guy. I don't know what is going on here. I don't know how this guy won. But, uh, you know, I respect you. We're both fellow Americans. And I'm going to hope for the best. That's what I said. I said, congratulations. And then I made it my mission to figure out what conservatives in America actually believe because I had never been told, okay? The media does not tell us what conservatives actually believe. It tells us what we are supposed to think of conservatives. And this morning, I'm watching a clip of another Joe Scarborough meltdown on Morning Joe. And he's describing the very violent insurrection. And he mentions that there were Trumpists, seditionists, insurrectionists, smearing excrement on the walls of the Capitol. Okay. That literally means they're picking up shit or maybe shitting in their hands and then rubbing it around on the walls of the U S Capitol. Now that didn't happen. And I think that if you asked Joe Scarborough, he'd be like, yeah, I know that didn't happen. I'm just kind of using, uh, let's say flowery language. I'm trying to paint a picture for you. Don't say paint. And okay. Right. Maybe he didn't mean it literally, but what he's saying there essentially is that he thinks of Trump supporters as primates, primitive humans, people who literally should just exist in cages because they're not appropriate for polite society. Is there any indication that Joe Scarborough doesn't actually think that about all of us? Of course not. He definitely thinks it. And this is just another example. Of the Democrat Communist Party being a hate movement. It is a hate movement. What is animating Joe Scarborough is, well, first of all, panic and fear because he knows he's been found out. But the other part is just pure unadulterated hatred. Okay? He was claiming that Trumpists were beating and bludgeoning cops with American flags. And he said, there's video. You can watch it. Well, I'll tell you what. I've been watching a whole lot of video as much as I can get my hands on, or I should say my eyes on. I've never actually touched the video since uh, since January 6th. And I have never seen anyone rub feces on the wall of the Capitol. And I have never seen anyone beat and bludgeon cops. With an American flag. I don't even know what that looks like. I guess maybe he's talking about the pole that a flag might be on. If someone was wrestling around with one of those in the scrum that broke out that day. Well, okay. But they also said that Brian Sicknick was bludgeoned to death with a fire extinguisher. And it turns out that was completely false. These people are lunatics. They're liars. It is a hate movement. and. You know, I imagine that for normal people who have been deceived and been brainwashed and they're trying to reconnect with reality, maybe they watch Morning Joe habitually and it's just like part of their routine. I think that those people are getting to the point where they have have had enough. It seems like they are starting to understand that What they were told about all of this just wasn't true. And it's hitting them in different ways. You know, Some of them are reacting to vaccine mandates. Some of them are reacting to how their children are being treated in school. Some of them are reacting to the images they see from what we're told is Afghanistan. Some of them are seeing what's happening at the border. And some of them are listening to people like Joe Joe Scarborough saying these kinds of things That they know are at best exaggerations and likely are just simply lies. People are starting to see through this. You gotta understand that. And those people will come back in our direction. And I will repeat for maybe the thousandth time that that is ultimately what we need. Okay? This whole thing doesn't stop happening. Until enough people wake up, it can't be 50 to 55%. By the way, I think we're far beyond that. I think that we're like in the 75% area, which is a great place to be. Don't get me wrong. We are a vast and overwhelming majority at this point. But in terms of dismantling the power structure as it exists right now in its fully compromised and infiltrated form, it is going to take. 80%, 85%, 90% of people actually being awake to the point where elements of that infiltration start breaking down because all those people who were compromised and brainwashed and tricked and went along with this communist program without the full knowledge of what they were doing, when those people start to wake up because they reach their own personal precipice That's when we get where we need to be. So it's still incredibly important to continue to push people and to speak truth and to spread truth. We all want that magic bullet at some point. You know, it's going to be the cyber symposium or it's going to be the Arizona audit or when Lindell takes his case to the Supreme Court or when Katie Hobbs is arrested, which will have to happen at some point. And I don't think it's just going to be one of those things. You know, all of these are major progress in the narrative. They push more and more people into understanding the truth. That's why they are valuable. Doesn't mean that something's just going to turn around and everything's going to be fixed the next day. That's not how it goes, but things are moving in that direction. And one of the things that is really setting off normies this week somehow, because it's been happening for the entire Nine months of the fake presidency is this set that Joe Biden is speaking from at the Eisenhower office building across the street from the White House. So, as I've mentioned this week, Stephen Miller, the former Trump aide who was handling immigration policy and some other things in the Trump White House, he's noted that the reason they're on this set is because Biden has a teleprompter. It makes him seem like he's speaking extemporaneously. But people are kind of waking up to this, and it's strange the mechanics of how something like this works. You know, they will initially see this very strange thing, which is that the president, in quotes, is conducting business on a stage in an auditorium, with a backdrop set up around him. And people start talking about it. The fake news fact checkers give some sort of story. No, he's not pretending to be at the White House. He's actually just across the street. And he uses this setup for big meetings on a webcam because there's no other way to do it. There's no other way to do meetings, especially not during the pandemic. Oh, yeah. Hey, really? What did Trump do while he was in office for uh, 10 months of the very deadly pandemic. He didn't use that stage. He was in the White House. Joe Biden is not in the White House. And Joe Biden doesn't live in the White House. And Joe Biden leaves Washington every weekend to go back to Wilmington, where he will not share the visitor logs of who visits him. That's what Joe Biden does. So all of the excuses When the fake news fact checkers and then the fake media try to make them, they no longer make sense to anyone. And that's the point at which people start reconsidering their beliefs about all of this. Because people don't like to feel stupid. They don't like to feel like they can't explain what's going on. And after having presented themselves for so long as fully knowledgeable, the sorts of people that can just fact check everything left and right because they've read all the fact checks. Well, eventually, one of those explanations isn't good enough anymore, and they start feeling stupid just for repeating the explanation. Like when you say to some redeemable communist, somebody who's realizing or should be realizing what they have done. And you say to them, hey, why is Joe Biden like doing everything on a stage set across the street? Like, what's the deal with that? What are they going to say? It's because of the pandemic? I mean, no, it's not. It's because they need the space? No. They need the resources. They don't have uh, Skype at the White House? Well, that can't be it. So, what's the reason? What is the reason? And they can't explain it, which makes them feel stupid and insecure. And that causes them to begin to have emotional reactions about their belief, okay? Because where they were last year is that those emotional reactions are all of the more kind of aggressive and confident variety. They think that they actually have ways to slam down the stupid people. And now those explanations... Don't give them that feeling. Those explanations actually end up making them feel stupid, which means that they are becoming embarrassed by the slogans. There are no slogans that are good enough for them to keep repeating and still feel like they have that confidence, that aggressiveness, that edge. It's not good enough anymore to tell other people that they're not educated. They don't know what they're talking about because they can't even explain simple things like, hey, why is Biden across the street on a stage? Why isn't he conducting his business at the White House like a president does? Why is he giving his own solo speeches on that same stage with different backdrops? Why is that happening? Why isn't he standing in the East Room? Why isn't he giving addresses from the Oval Office? Why aren't his speeches from the Rose Garden? Why are they always on this creepy stage with these creepy backdrops? He just came out today an hour and a half late, an hour and a half late for his speech. He was supposed to go on at 1130 Eastern. He went on around 1 p.m. Eastern. So the media just waited for him that whole time. And then he gave a 10 minute long speech where he lied, blatantly lied about the job numbers and the unemployment situation in the United States. And then he turned tail and left without taking questions. And even the fake news media in the auditorium They were like shouting questions at him and they actually sounded angry. Like they couldn't believe they were just forced to wait for an hour and a half so that he could talk about his build back better agenda for 10 minutes and then leave like on the backdrop behind him above his head in the frame, right? Because he's standing at his podium. So the backdrop is framed so that it goes around where he's standing above his head. It says build back better. To his right, it says build back better. To his left, it says build back better. Now, if you want to get like an angled side shot of Biden, so it's not just the straight on, you shoot from the right or the left and there's uh, backdrops, I guess we could say, on the sides. Are they side drops? I have no idea what that's called. So they are backdrops on the sides. And on each one of those, it says build back better as well. Build back better is the slogan of the World Economic Forum's Klaus Schwab, it is the slogan of global communism as a brand. And so Biden went on television today after a terrible, terrible jobs report, tried to claim that the American economy and the American employment situation was having this spectacular recovery because he got handed something so terrible and now everything is going great. But everything's not going great. And everybody knows it. And he comes out. He says that stuff. He goes on and on about Build Back Better and how it's an investment in the future. And we'll get to breathe cleaner air. For real, that's part of the pitch. It just automatically results in cleaner air. You implement global communism and eventually cleaner air. And then he turns and runs. If I was in the media, I would be mad at that. Even if I just did nothing but shill for Biden last year, which is what most of them did, I think these people actually thought they were doing heroic work. They were holding Trump's feet to the fire. They were holding him accountable. They were speaking truth to power. That's what they thought. They thought that they were doing something heroic by doing their jobs terribly. They figured it was more important to say bad things about Trump and prop up Joe Biden than it was to tell the American people the truth and do their jobs with some sort of integrity. And now they're getting burned by that. They, like all of the child-brained communists who still pay attention to their work and believe what they say, thought they were going to be honored. They thought that after Biden won, everything was going to be great. They would have all the access in the world because they were good little commies. They would have their questions answered honestly, and those honest answers would always be good news that they could then take to the American people and all the people would rejoice. This is what they imagined their lives would be, and they're not that at all. They go into these press conferences with Jen Psaki, and she just lies to their faces she gets mad at them and chides them and makes fun of them when they try to do their jobs which is only like three of them by the way and they are left just embarrassed they look like fools and they're still wearing masks they are wearing masks to work and they can't stop because If they stop wearing masks, well, then they're breaking the rules and then they don't have the access and then they can't ask any questions at all. But the truth is, them not asking any questions at all would make no difference. They're not the ones getting information for the American people anyway. They're only creating content for their blogs CNN.com, Fox News.com, MSNBC. That's all they're doing is creating content. For the most part, Other people are getting the news. Other people are figuring out what's going on and communicating that to the American people. How much longer can all of these people continue to be embarrassed by their submission, right? Their submission was supposed to get them everything they wanted. They were promised all this stuff. They thought that the one thing that was holding America back was Donald Trump and Donald Trump supporters. And so they unethically and illegally set about to steal all the power that this nation could possibly invest in its institutions. They would take over every single institution. They would hold every lever of power in the entire nation. And at that point, then they could inflict their will and their plans were so good and so smart and so morally righteous that everything would be perfect. Just get rid of Trump, put his supporters on the back burner, let them know how dumb and evil and bad they are, marginalize them, censor them, put them in jail, do whatever you can, whatever you must do to get rid of these people. Because then everything will be okay. Then they can repeat the slogans. Everybody around will just agree with the slogans. Everyone will be on the same page. Everyone is going to unite and unify around Joe Biden. And we will prance off into utopia. But that hasn't happened. And now what they are doing is just so obviously shameful. And these people are too detached from reality and truthfully don't pay that much attention even to the fake news. And so now they can't even justify what's going on. They have spent so much time believing that they don't have to defend anything they do or say that now they're being called to task and they have absolutely nothing. They have absolutely nothing. They can't explain the first element of what's happening right now. They can't justify what Joe Biden is doing. And now that they can no longer justify what Joe Biden is doing, all they have left is the hate movement, which is why they go after things like uh like the Border Patrol agents whipping people. That straight up did not happen. But they got enough pictures that they could make a story out of them. And they tried that. They felt empowered to do that. Oh, yeah. Well, we got to remember that the Trump people are still the racists. But those are uh, Biden's uh, Border Patrol people. Yeah, well, they're. They're what? They're what? They're Biden's Border Patrol people. So Border Patrol is always evil. Is that is that where we're going to go, Kami? Border Patrol is always evil. So they're. They were evil under Trump and they were evil under Trump because of Trump. Now they're under Biden. They must have developed the habits of evil. They they hate immigrants. Is that what you're saying? So should those immigrants be allowed to come to America? Oh, you don't know. Oh, all immigrants should be allowed to come to America. Really? Well, what if it was 100 million? Should they all become American citizens? Where does it end? And none of them can answer because none of them know anything about this. It's just one embarrassment after the other. The hate movement stuff still works. That still animates some of these people. But for the rest of them, they're totally defeated. They have nothing to say. And in the void they are leaving, there is this, there is this vacuum of where all their noise and their confidence and their aggression and their slogans, all of that was just filling up this cultural space and it dominated the conversation but it doesn't exist anymore not on that scale it keeps shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and what's replacing that is a bunch of normal american citizens speaking truth and they are being heard and it doesn't matter if it's a show like this or if it's somebody with you know 50 followers on instagram sharing uh a video like the one that this guy, Billy Prempe, put out yesterday. I hope I'm saying his name right. He is a a former Air Force veteran who is uh, running for Congress in New Jersey. He is a black man and put out a video that said, hey, white liberals, here's why black people aren't interested in making themselves part of the medical experiment. And he went through points in America's past where black people actually have been made to be part of a medical experiment against their will. And he's saying, hey, it is totally reasonable for people who look like me to be hesitant about doing this, especially when people who look like you and act like you and talk like you are telling me that I have to or I can't go to a restaurant with my family. I can't have a job anymore. And if I say anything, I get kicked off social media or I get kicked out of my bank. Yeah, that's a pretty good justification for for hesitancy. So even people sharing that stuff on a small scale, that's waking people up. This process cannot be stopped. It can, however, be sped up and slowed down. It gets slowed down every time we become demoralized due to the psychological operation that is being played against us. And it is sped up every time we feel that confidence and assertiveness by seeing the truth and then needing to share it with the people around us who we're trying to get back on the right page. All we have to do to maintain that hopefulness and to keep driving forward and to push this toward its ultimate inevitable conclusion is to simply keep paying attention and keep speaking up for what's right and keep communicating to people around us who need to be convinced and who need to find more hope and the ability to go out and stand up for themselves and their community, their children. We have the power to push this toward its end as long as everyone keeps pushing. There's nothing that can turn this around. There's nothing that's going to stop it. There's nothing that's going to put people back to sleep. And if anything, we may be headed toward a moment of mass awakening. And often when that happens, it's through events. Again, we've had some of those big events. In the last couple of months, it seems like they're honestly happening every week at this point. You can think I'm crazy, but the auditorium stuff is big for a lot of people. I don't understand how I don't understand why, because I think it's been obvious that he's been fake for the entire time. I mean, I've been saying it every episode for the entire nine months, but now we've got people like Dave Rubin, who is. Just a normie dunce, but happens to go on Fox News every now and then. He's saying that to people. Tucker Carlson last night was talking about it. Then Trump shows up on Hannity and talks for 40 minutes about a whole range of issues. It actually was a pretty good interview. I mean, Hannity, I think, is a clown, but the media moves last night were really interesting because. Trump like delayed on Hannity. He basically 10 minutes before he went on air on Hannity, which was, I guess, uh, I guess he announced at 910 Eastern time he would be on at 920. And at 920, Sarah Huckabee Sanders and Reince Priebus were on with Hannity until Trump actually came on, which was like, I don't know, seven minutes later, 10 minutes later. And they were basically laying out the Trump case and talking about kind of the day-to-day nitty-gritty kind of mainstream news. And they were saying things to an audience that probably isn't often tuned into Hannity. And the things that they were saying were true things about what's happening in reality. And it does Trump a favor because now Trump doesn't have to say those things or focus the interview around giving people the facts of what's going on. So Trump delays for, I don't know, seven to ten minutes. It felt like I think I'm probably right in that range. And then he spends the rest of the hour on Fox News, laying out his case about just about everything. And I think that for Hannity's audience, an interview like that is probably going to be mind-blowing in a lot of ways. This stuff is entering the mainstream. That's my point. And there is nothing to combat this right now because the slogans on the mainstream left can no longer explain any of the stuff that Joe Biden is continuing to say and do. All they are doing is embarrassing their own audience in front of their audience's friends and neighbors over and over and over again or they are pushing these people into complete insanity. These people are out there doubling down on pure evil when it comes to masking and vaccinating children, for instance, or setting these vaccine mandates like Los Angeles just did so that you can't be in any indoor public places in a few weeks unless you're vaccinated. They're pushing people to an edge because they are losing They think they can just go harder. They think that they can constantly dominate the narrative because they have always been able to constantly dominate the narrative. But they're not at that point anymore. They don't have that control. They don't have that audience. And no one believes them. So it's all breaking down. And now all they're doing is embarrassing the people that listen to them. The people who are dependent on them for information. And the people they depend on to stay on the air, they are actively embarrassing all those people. And if you are the type of person who does not want to be embarrassed every time you open your mouth anymore, simply migrate back to America. Get rid of all these stupid and evil communist ideas that you are being fed by the television. And come on back to America. We will be here with open arms. All you have to do is apologize to the people you need to apologize to and make amends. Everybody knows how to do that. You just have to be honest. And you just have to make the first move. People are not going to crawl back to you being like, do you understand me now? Will you please accept me back? No, that's not how it's going to go, commies. Okay, you guys made the mistake. All right. It was not our error in judgment. It was your error in judgment. We are not the ones who cut off the relationships. That too was you. No one over here is trying to hurt you or punish you in any way at all. We are all rooting for you to reconnect to your humanity and reconnect to the world around you. Including your own friends, your own family, your own neighbors. All these people that you somehow convinced yourself were crazy or immoral. Turns out they're not. You're just wrong about everything. And the more you keep repeating the slogans, the more you will continue to be embarrassed. There is not another way out of any of it. So, come on down to the range, make your amends, migrate back, just leave all the stupid and evil communist ideas behind. And with that, I would love to extend a warm Friday high noon welcome to all of the redeemable communists out there. Hello, commies! That was kind of a high-pitched one. Got a little one for you, but it kind of snuck in through the side. I understand how it is. Listen. Redeemable communists, it's getting to the point, okay? it's getting to the point where if you do not wake up and take accountability for what you have done and try to begin making amends, you're going to hit a point where there's no turning back. All right. And I don't mean there's no turning back like you're going to be ejected from society or you're going to be in the gallows with Dr. Fauci. I mean that you will not forgive yourself, okay? You're going to have to walk through the rest of your life knowing that in this moment of truth, you sided with Nazism. And that is what you're supporting. It doesn't make any sense any longer to try to skirt around this. Yes, you're communist. Yes, you are on board with Nazism. You have facilitated the rise of, of fascism. That's you. All of those things are part of the collectivist whole that is trying to strip the individuality and liberty from every single human on this earth. That's you. Okay. You are part of that. Stop it right now. Now with Trump's cases finally being filed against Twitter, I think at the beginning of this week, and then Facebook, we've just seen those today. There is some movement in that big tech lawsuit realm. He is seeking preliminary injunctions against these organizations, Twitter in particular, to put him back on the platform. If the preliminary injunction is granted, that means that Twitter would be ordered to allow Donald Trump's profile to be reactivated and the expectation would be that everyone else's profile is reactivated at that point as well. Now, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this, but I have spent some time thinking about it. And I think that that would be a relatively incredible moment because a lot of the blue and on crazy people on Twitter, like Rick Wilson, who is having an absolute panic attack and meltdown on Twitter today because the people around Trump are just going to ignore the January 6th commission subpoenas because of course they are. The January 6th commission is completely illegitimate. He's having an absolute meltdown about this. Imagine what happens if all the people like, first of all, if Donald Trump is back there, unbelievable, unbelievable. It would be amazing. But even if people like me and all the other people who have been banned from that platform for saying true things, all those people flood back onto Twitter and just decide that we're going to come out guns blazing on Twitter and just be like, okay, well, here's what everybody really thinks. Now there is no further restriction on what we're allowed to talk about, what we're allowed to say. These people cannot censor us any longer. So here, Twitter, here's the truth. Here's the truth now that we can't be shadow banned. Watch how many retweets we get, Twitter. Watch how the conversation changes. Watch what the conversation looks like when it's not all bots propping up fake news. And that's what Twitter is now. People are on there arguing with bots. Bots are on there supporting fake news, and terrible nonsense opinions. What happens when reality is not censored any longer? Okay. The craziest thing is that social media and the television for so many people, so many people who voted for Joe Biden, that is their only connection to an external reality. All right. I'm not saying they never leave their house. They put their mask on and they go to the grocery store. They get that. They bring it back home. They go out occasionally on a date or with some friends or with their family, and they make sure to only put themselves around other people like them. And of course, that's why the vaccine mandates exist. That's why they're supported, because the people in the hate movement do not want to be surrounded by the people they hate. That's ultimately what this is. No one is worried about their health. And if they are, they are retarded. Okay. That's it. There's no smart way to be worried about coronavirus still. There's no smart way to worry about the unvaccinated if you are vaccinated and worry about the unmasked if you are masked unless you also know that your vaccine and mask don't work. And if your vaccine and mask don't work, then trying to make other people do it so they can be around you isn't smart. No one can explain that. Okay. None of these people can explain it. I'm not saying they won't say it, and I'm not saying they don't actually believe it. I'm saying they can't explain it, which means they also can't explain it to themselves, which means that the operative motivation for them is not the truth about the vaccines and masks working. It's that they don't like the people who aren't following the orders. They want everyone to submit as they are submitting. That is what makes them feel safe, knowing that everyone around them has submitted just the same. But online, the television, for the most part, that is their reality. So what happens to their image of the world? What happens to their reality when the censorship goes away? What happens when they suddenly realize, oh, my God, every time I say something, all of these people just completely obliterate every single bad nonsense, fake news point that I make. Imagine one of these commies in real life, right? In a room of 100 people. And the other 99 people are all people who are attached to reality and they understand things like lockdowns basically drove hundreds of millions of people into starvation, poverty and death, for instance, or they understand that masks don't work at all and actually make you physically unhealthy and psychologically unhealthy. What about when all those 99 people in there are like, yeah, I mean, it doesn't make sense that Joe Biden got 81 million votes. Imagine being that commie in that room and then thinking, you know what, I should speak up. That doesn't happen because they are scared of everyone who doesn't declare themselves to be just like them. They would never speak up in that room. And I'm not saying that they should feel like they have to silence themselves. I want them to speak up. I just want them to speak up in an uncensored environment because in an uncensored environment, the other people would also speak up and their silly point would be tossed out immediately. I could not imagine being a Biden supporter still and posting on the Internet. And I say this as someone who used to align with the Democrat Communist Party. I didn't know it was a Democrat Communist Party back then. I just thought, you know, I'm a liberal, right? I like Barack Obama. Yeah, okay, I was wrong. Got it. But I know what it's like to post the stuff I was posting back then. I was in the Los Angeles environment. So I got stuff from the other side because it wasn't quite censorship back in, I don't know, 2014, 2015. We didn't have it like this that's going on now. These people are so accustomed to never, ever getting blowback. And when the blowback comes, there's a bot army that'll knock that down. They'll talk about how evil and stupid that person is. They'll call them a domestic terrorist. And they'll be like, yeah, well, everybody agrees with me except the domestic terrorists. That's what they actually think. They would not speak up ever again if they knew how outnumbered they were in reality. They only operate from the position of knowing they are in a majority. You put me in a room of 100 people and the other 99 are Biden voters. I'm still exactly like this. There is nothing in the world that could make me silence myself in the face of that. I mean, obviously, if they decided to uh, all try to. Uh, pummel me and break every bone in my body, well, eventually they might (laughs) be successful in that and then I'd be dead, okay? So that, I guess, could could silence me. But there's nothing else. They're not going to try to embarrass me or call me stupid. I will take them on one by one and clown each and every single one of them because none of them know anything. Imagine being them in reality and finally understanding that they do not have a majority opinion. That's what happens if Trump is able to win a preliminary injunction in either or any of these cases. Once the censorship stops, whoo boy, that is going to be like a bullet train to victory. That is going to push the worst possible actions from the other side. You got to imagine that the other side still has some really terrible moves left. And right now, one thing I really have my eye on, I don't want to go into this too far because I truthfully don't know about it enough yet. I'm not certain that my inclination is correct at all, but I am really watching this lead up, ramp up into a conflict with China. I don't think that a full-blown conflict with China is in our future. If our side does what it needs to do, I think that it's entirely possible that the Biden, Barack Obama, global communist side of things actually welcomes a hot war with China because that could be exploited to keep them in power and to keep people from finally knowing the truth and seeing the truth and understanding who these people actually are. Those are the sorts of things that would benefit them when all else has failed. And we are getting to the point where all else has failed. Joe Biden is cratering in the polls. He has absolutely nothing left. I'm not sure they can even get him out of his position as fake president, because what do they do then? Kamala Harris. I mean, Justin Trudeau at the G7 Was caught saying that Kamala Harris would be the American president by 2022. All right. I don't know if that's true, obviously, but I do know that there are only what do we have 84 days left in this year? So, in the next 84 days, Kamala Harris is going to become president. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. How's that going to go? Are people going to all of a sudden be like, oh, she's totally legitimate? Nope. That'll just further confirm what people already think about the illegitimacy of the administration. No one, not Democrats, no one wants to see Kamala Harris become president. And obviously, I mean, normal people. I think it's pretty clear that global communists, Barack Obama, people like that would be fine with seeing Kamala Harris become president for the rest of Joe Biden's fake term. But these people are in the late stages of a full narrative collapse. What issue? What are they winning on? They're not winning on anything. They're trying to get wins day to day by holding that sham of a hearing yesterday about the Arizona audit where somehow Dr. Shiva gets nixed from the panel at the last minute and replaced with Ken Bennett. Ken Bennett's kind of a clown. He's very weak. He clearly glossed over massive parts of the Arizona audit report and allowed the implication to be that the counting of ballots, including the fraudulent ballots, was sufficient to determine that Joe Biden was still the rightful winner. At least that's what he let people walk away believing, which is the same as dishonesty. It really is. If you know what you're saying is giving someone a false impression about what you know or believe to be true, that's more or less the same as lying. But they didn't get a win out of that. They're trying to get a win out of the January 6th commission. That's not going to work they look ridiculous. They look ridiculous on every single level. And now you've got like some of the dumbest people in normie culture, like Dave Rubin, even saying that the president is fake. How bad does your presidency have to be going For normie culture to begin calling you a fake president. How much worse could all this have gone? Is it possible that it could have gone any worse? No. Did they plan for it to go this bad? Of course not. They planned for Joe Biden to be looked at as a hero and unifier. They are already on their backup plan of allowing everything to fall apart with Biden at the helm because then they can just toss Biden aside. Ultimately, what they need is for the Great Reset to be fully implemented. That's the goal. But ideally, they would be implementing all of this with the approval of the American people because the great unifier, Joe Biden, would serve his one term and then ride off into the sunset. That was the ideal. They're not even close to that. They're not even close to that. They're not even doing a good job of implementing the Great Reset. They're not even doing a good job of allowing America to completely collapse. I mean, listen, (laughs) they're giving it a great effort, but it's not working like the country is still at a position where it could snap immediately back. All right. Everybody's got to wake up. Everybody's got to share truth. That's what we have to do. Now I want to hit a few stories cuz I know I've been kind of ranting and hopefully tying stuff in all week, but a lot of rants. So I want to hit a few stories before I go. Um a lot of people saw this one yesterday. It was shared pretty widely. It's from the Federalist. That's uh Megan McCain's wife's outlet. Her her wife is uh the Cuck Ben Dominich who has still not really addressed election fraud in his outlet. The Federalist is taken more seriously than it should be considering how poorly they've done about COVID and election fraud. But this is by Joy Pullman uh, from yesterday, uh, October 7th. Joe Biden's vaccine mandate doesn't exist. It's just a press release. Now, it's nice that she says that on October 7th, I believe I said that on September 10th, the day after Joe Biden gave his press conference, his vaccine mandate release, his release party. Uh, yes, we've all heard about Joe Biden's alleged vaccine mandate for private companies employing 100 or more people. It was all over the news even before he announced it on September 9th. His announcement has jeopardized the employment of millions of Americans and increased worker shortages in critical domains such as health care. There's only one problem. It's all a mirage. Biden's so-called vaccine mandate doesn't exist, at least not yet. So far, all we have is his press conference and other such made-for-media huff-puffing. Okay. I mean, I guess that that's creative writing. Uh, No such rule, even claiming to be legally binding, has been issued yet. That's why nearly two dozen Republican attorneys general who have publicly voiced their opposition to the clearly unconstitutional and illegal mandate haven't yet filed suit against it the office of the uh, Indiana attorney general confirmed for me. There is no mandate to haul into court, and that may be part of the plan. According to several sources so far, it appears no such mandate has been sent to the White House's Office of Information and Regulatory Affairs yet for approval. The White House, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, OSHA, and the Department of Labor haven't released any official guidance for the alleged mandate. There is no executive order. There's nothing but press statements. Despite what you may have been falsely led to believe by the media fantasy projection machine, press statements have exactly zero legal authority. There is nothing there yet that gives employers any mandate. Stephanie McFarland, spokeswoman for the Indiana Occupational Safety and Health Administration told me October 6th. The president made an announcement on this asking OSHA to do it, but we've not yet seen anything come from it. She also said. When the agency gets any further information, she said, they'll review it to impose the public perception of a mandate. The Biden administration is following an unusual rulemaking process. It also employed earlier this year called an emergency temporary standard. The spring ETS rule took nearly six months to issue. Meanwhile, companies are telling reporters their vaccine mandates will have at the latest December deadlines for those who can't calendar. Jesus. So bad. That's four months after Biden's non existent mandate was proclaimed. Why does everyone feel the need to try to talk and write like they are an influencer? I'm on a tangent right now because I see this way too often and it is so annoying. And it is like the Jen Psaki prescription for everything. I swear, it seems like Jen Psaki is running the public-facing White House as if it is a branding opportunity on Instagram. And I'm not going to try to go on too long about this, but I want you to see if you agree with me. Assuming that you have some idea of what Instagram influencer culture is like, everyone on there is basically always trying to curate a fake life for their followers because their followers are strangers. And what they ultimately want to do is make those strangers like them a lot so that they will pay attention to them a lot. And eventually their attention can be monetized so long as the influencers are willing to shill for products and political points of view. And by the way, People think that the political point of view thing is not part of the monetization. It absolutely is. Okay, in Biden's covid relief packages and in state covid relief packages, this has been happening for the last 18 months and truthfully, probably a lot longer. But there are actual budgets from the state and from the federal government that are devoted to marketing and messaging. OK, and when they say those things in this late part of the 2010s and the first part of the 2020s, what that means is paying influencers to spread their message for them. All right. It's no longer about television and newspaper advertisements. They're not doing public service announcements and they're not doing Like the campaign ad style, like I'm Gavin Newsom and I approve this message. What they're doing is taking ostensibly non-political viewpoints and local, state and the federal governments are paying social media influencers to push that message out. This is a strategy, okay? And it's one that they believe is very, very effective. This is part of the Defeat Disinfo campaign. That's Stanley McChrystal. They have a company underneath that called uh, Main Street One. And I, if I have the name correct, I think it's Curtis Hauck, a uh, former uh, Clintonite who runs that. This is a disinformation campaign led by paid influencers. OK, what they are doing is taking government funding which is taxpayer funding, or they're getting it from private interest groups funneled to NGOs and then using this money to pay influencers to repeat their political messaging. Okay, and you can often see the patterns here by which influencers are spreading which message. And I didn't even mean to bring this up today, but within the last couple of hours, um, Fog City Midge, Maggie uh, Vandenberg, who used to be on the war room for a little while and then they kind of had a falling out and Maggie's kind of been doing her own thing. I don't know how or why, but she's been going after Wendy Rogers and I have no problem with people using their discernment and trying to figure out whether or not Wendy Rogers is a good guy or if she's just trying to increase her political profile. It's a worthy question. I I'm almost completely on the side of Wendy Rogers is a, one of the good guys and she's doing a great thing. I actually think that her initiative to decertify the elections by creating consensus among state representatives around the country and building that as, as the central movement, I think that could be effective. Okay. And I would like to see it be effective. So I continue to support Wendy Rogers. But Fog City Midge is going after her hard, calling her a grifter, saying we should focus on 2022. There is no focus on 2022 if you don't fix 2021. So what you can see is someone who is out there has an audience that listens to her. People will not think that she is shilling for the Democrat Communist Party. But you know, I talked about the Rhino threat yesterday. Should we expect That she couldn't monetize her audience to be able to spread the rhino message that we should look forward, that we should stop worrying about election fraud, that people like Wendy Rogers who are sticking their neck out there. I mean, yes, she is raising her public profile, but she's also raising it on a third rail of American politics. You know what I mean? That's an awfully hard road to travel if what you want to do is get paid by the mainstream. It's literally the hardest road to travel if you want to get paid by the mainstream. Unless the goal is to build your public, public profile up enough and then take money to silence yourself. I don't see that from Wendy Rogers, okay? I just don't. But you got Fog City Midge, you got that clown uh, and Zero Molly anomaly on Instagram, and people like that are largely promoting anti-MAGA messages. Who's to say that they're not part of the same grift that all of the normal Hollywood influencers are taking part in. All these big celebrities, all these fashion bloggers, all these influencers are not supporting the Democrat communist agenda at every turn because they are just dyed in the wool communists. Certainly some are like Mark Ruffalo, right? But not all of them are. Most of them are getting paid to join these campaigns. If they have hashtags in their posts, There is a very, very strong chance that they are being paid by some government organization or some quasi-government organization to relay those messages to the public. We are being propagandized and we are the ones paying for the propaganda. Back to the article. I'm just going to skip down a little bit. You can read this on your own if you like. But who needs the Constitution when you have an American people conditioned for compliance with even wildly outlandish things the screen people insist they must think and do? The screen people. Okay, well, all right. But she is right. That's a valuable point. They can do stuff that is extra legal just outside the boundaries of law. They will say it. People will believe that the president saying something is the same as the office of the president doing something. But of course, Biden's not even the president. The point is, the media covers everything as if it's legitimate. The media is what gives this stuff legitimacy, and the people are conditioned to go along with whatever they're told at this point, at least a certain number are. That number is decreasing. Thank goodness. Earlier this week, the Wall Street Journal published a letter from Bruce Atkinson making several excellent observations about the non-existent mandate, including the following. The mandate's non-existence shields the Biden administration from legal challenges that may ultimately restrict the Occupational Safety and Health Administration's authority. Yet the mandate is still effective at compelling industries and companies into compliance as it leaves room for any eventual issuance to target non-compliant entities. This implied cudgel is particularly effective on industries and companies that are dependent on federal spending or the goodwill of federal regulators. The non-existent mandate also allows so inclined state and local governments and companies to issue their own mandates, seemingly in lockstep with Washington. The Biden White House has been well served by presenting a non-existent mandate as a done deal. Again, this is exactly the sort of stuff that. People who care about society should have their eyes on. This is a step toward total communist and fascist takeover. These commies do not care about the law at all. They will issue decrees that they expect to be followed. Then, with the corporations that they've given a seat at the table to, every time you hear that phrase, Understand that as fascism, okay? Corporations are not part of the government and should not be part of the government. The government is supposed to be of, by, and for the people. Not of, by, and for the people with the corporations. Corporations are people, my friend. Okay, Mitt. That is what they are talking about. That is fascism. When corporations are allowed to operate outside the law because they are doing what the government wants them to do, and that works the other way around as well. The government continues to do things that the corporations want. You can see that with the social media companies. They get to censor, they get to block people, they get to do it in coordination with the government, and they get to say that's not a problem because the government has allowed them to do it. And the government will continue to allow them to do it because they do something the government likes. And so now we have the government and the corporations telling people that they must get this vaccine, even though neither party has the legal constitutional authority to implement a vaccine mandate. And people will go along with it because they're scared of being put out of their jobs. And because they see this. Uh, this confluence of government and corporate interests, which we know to be fascism, literally the definition of fascism. They get intimidated and they think that they must comply because the legal system is not going to be sufficient to bail them out of this problem. Noncompliance is the only way. The businesses cannot continue to function without employees. Joe Biden bragged in a speech, I think it was yesterday, maybe it was two days ago, he bragged about how United Airlines had gone from 67% vaccination to 99% vaccination by putting the mandate into place. He didn't mention the fact that the difference was most of the people who weren't vaccinated got fired. <laughs> so if it's like 60 seven out of a hundred, that means that 32 people would need to get vaccinated to take it up to 90, 99% or they could just fire 32 people, right? That's essentially what we're dealing with here. And Biden was touting this as a great development. He thinks it's good that Americans are losing their jobs. People are seeing through this And people are seeing through Fauci and people are seeing through the vaccines are very safe and very effective argument just today. Now, Iceland has also stopped the use of the Moderna vaccine. That's four Nordic countries this week that have stopped their use of the Moderna vaccine for certain age groups. And so, of course, That is the kind of information that a normal person would look at and be like, oh, holy shit, if they saw it, right? The entire thing depends on the censorship. Once the censorship goes away, there's nothing left. Once the censorship goes away, people will only see the sorts of things that we see because the things that we see and we share are the important things. The important things would also be the most popular things, except for the censorship. But wait a second. It's not only the important things. Sometimes it's just hilarious things that are also important, but only indirectly. And here is one of those. I got to tell you a quick story. When I was running for office, and I'm I'm embarrassed, I can't remember exactly which state I was in. But a gentleman, and uh, uh, I think it was his wife, and a little girl said, "Could I?" The little girl said, "Could I talk to you?" And she had this—I couldn't t- understand what she had in her hand. It looked like a teddy bear. Or Imagine playing with the idea that Joe Biden is an actually fake president, and then you <laughs> see something like that, and you're like, "Yeah, there's no way this guy is president." But the real president. We'll be out tomorrow in Iowa. He is doing a rally. It's going to be on all the normal places. It's always on. uh, RSBN, maybe OAN. I doubt Fox. But uh, find it. Watch it. Things are beginning to progress pretty quickly. And, you know, I know life is hard out there for people right now. It's hard for me, by the way. It's a stressful time. We're at war. We are constantly trying to prevent ourselves from being demoralized by this element in our culture. It's not easy. It's stressful. It's hard for me, but you got to stay focused. You got to pay attention. You got to stay positive and you got to do whatever you can to continue keeping yourself okay so we can ride this out and spreading as much truth as you can so that we can push this over the goal line because we are getting there and it is going to happen. It is inevitable that it happens. We will win. And I'll be back on Monday at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic and Joe Biden will never be president. Good luck. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm Your Moderator. You can join the discussion at t.me slash I'm Reasonable. I'm also on Gab and Getter at I'm Your Moderator. The sub stack is I'mYourModerator.substack.com and the merch site is CancelCouture.com. You can also go direct to that at shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. I'll see you next time. Out on the rain.